Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are baseball's youngest stars get together for this year's Little League World Series. See East. Seven new NFL head coaches take over. Which one will succeed and which one will crash and burn? The push for the playoffs is starting in NASCAR. Our blazing bets of the week. The first college football rankings are out. Early surprises and disappointments. The Clippers make a big move. Is it enough to get them over the hump? With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night in Delaware, Ohio. We got a special guest in the studio with us tonight, all the way from uh, Connecticut, keeping it a family affair. My nephew, Gavin, from, uh, from Connecticut's in town, so he's sitting in as our fourth member tonight. And we're going to start out, like Colton said, with something right up Gavin's alley. He's a baseball player and has actually played against one of these teams or a couple of these teams that are in the Little League World Series this year. So uh, we're going to start off with some with some stuff on the Little League World Series. Matt, you want to get us started? Yeah, just a little bit about the Little League World Series. It's a tournament for kids age 10 to 12. It's, it's mostly boys. There have been some girls. I believe uh, the number throughout the history is like 16 total girls actually participate in the Little League World Series. Yeah. Uh, it began in 1947, and it's held in South Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Uh, some some teams that have really had h- uh, historical success in the Little League World Series have been uh, Taiwan and Japan. Taiwan's had 17 championships. Japan's had 11. Neither of them are actually in the tournament this year. Uh, next closest, they've been followed by California, who's had seven championships. And then Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and New Jersey's had four each. So it's really been split up amongst a, a lot of the teams. So it's, uh, it's always a fun series to watch. You never really know who's going to win. Sure. Um, and, you know, like Matt touched on, yeah, un- unfortunately, international teams won't be able to make the trip over due to the current COVID-19, you know, pandemic going on. This will be the first time since 1975 that, you know, international teams won't be won't be competing. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, 16, 16 teams, uh, double elimination tournament to uh, determine the best, you know, youth baseball uh, team in, in America, ages 10 to 12 years old. So, you know, kind of a, a range there of, of kids. But, uh yeah, it's always a, a neat, you know, kind of event to, to watch. And, you know, a lot of it, it's crazy. A lot of the, you know, current MLB stars played in these, uh, you know, in these games. And, uh, Dad, I know you got got some stuff on, uh, you know, some comments and some uh, kind of quotes from, from play, yeah. former players. Yeah. So. Uh, well, one thing I want to touch on real quick, Matt mentioned uh, there have been uh, girls that's played in this in um, – the, the biggest one in recent memory was in 2014 at Monet Davis. And yeah, yeah. she threw a no hitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 12 year old. Uh, so that, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. Uh, one of the, one of the things I came up with that really caught my eye, I was reading an article about Todd Frazier, you know, he's been kind of a journeyman third base when he's played with the Reds played with the Cubs. Um, and he just came home from winning a silver medal in the, in the Olympics. Um, He's made. He's been on three All-Star teams. He's played in the postseason three different times. Won the home run derby in 2015. But uh, he said his biggest thrill was when he played for Tom's River, New Jersey, in 1998, and they won the won the Little League World Series. So awesome. that yeah. that's pretty cool, you know, for for a guy that's you know had the career that he's had um, to say that about the Little League World Series, and um, you know, just just some other stuff that I came up with. Um, 52, 1952 was the first time there was a team from outside the U.S. to play. Mm-hmm. Um, 57, a team outside the U.S. to win, and that was uh, 
a team from Mexico, Monterey, Mexico, and uh, their pitcher actually threw a perfect game that year. Wow. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, um, 71, they've had our first team in from, uh, uh, or no, 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 I'm sorry. At 71, a, a player from Gary, Indiana hit five home runs. Wow. Man, that's impressive as well. In five, in five at bats over three games. And the other is, those were official at bats because his other five at bats, they intentionally walked him. So, <laughs> probably a good idea yeah. after that. So, uh, and then 92 and 93, the team from Long Beach, California. One back to back, the only time a U.S. teams won back to back games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I can remember watching both those years, actually, watching them win those back to back championships. 2012 was the first team from Africa to play in the Little League World Series. Uh-huh. And then, unfortunately, last year is the first year it's ever been canceled. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But again, uh, going back to Todd Frazier, and then actually uh, a couple other guys mentioned that they, they said you really need to go because. Uh, you know, there's just some iconic stuff there. And they said, if you go, you got to slide down the hill. You got to get your piece of cardboard and slide down the hill at the stadium. So absolutely, that's absolutely. one of the things you got to do. But no, Gavin, why don't you give us a little insight before we before we move on? Um, to, like, I know you, you guys played. Which team did you guys play against? Um, we play against Manchester Little League from Connecticut. Okay, very good. Yeah, uh, Manchester. And, um. I, what you're saying about Todd Frazier, I think that his nephew is in the Little yes. League World Series this year. Right. Yeah, from from Tom's River again. Good, good, yeah. good little tidbit cool. there. Awesome. Yeah, very good, Gavin. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the Manchester, Connecticut team, and then uh, they're out of the Northeast uh, division. The, the New England division, I think, or is New what England, it's, yeah. what it's called. Yeah. yeah, the New England division, um, along with the team from New Hampshire, Hookset, New Hampshire. But yeah. like Colt said, there's 16 teams from eight different divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Great Lakes, the Mid-Atlantic, the Midwest, New England, uh, the Northwest, the Southeast, the Southwest, and, and the West. Yeah. So, and there's actually a team from Ohio representing yeah. there in the Great Lakes uh, out of Hamilton, Ohio, which yep. is uh, yep. down there close to where I went to, went to college um, in Oxford. Um, so you know, shout out to that, you know, hometown, hometown team. We'll see what the, what the Ohio team can do, can do for us. So, right. and you know, a lot of these teams you see, you know, familiar names in there, like obviously the Tom's river team yeah, um, that you see in there a lot. Uh, and there was enough, well, the team from, which they're not in there this year, but the team from long beach, you've seen there quite a few years in a row, but uh, no, Gavin, can you, can you tell us like, you know, you played a lot of baseball in your young young life here. Tell tell us what it means to be on a team that that competes at that level. Well, it's like fun to play with my friends all the time, mm-hmm. sure. playing the game that I love, and then you, like you can meet new people there, and it's fun to compete. But you have to learn that you know when to lose. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Grace, absolutely. That, that's a good point you touched on, Gavin. That some of the quotes I read was they thought it was neat. Uh, the guys that have been in it before, like even though some of the kids might even spoke the same language that you did, they all they all spoke the same language of baseball, and they they'd get together, you know, because they stay in the dorms, like kind of like a team that's traveling on the road. They stay in dorms together and play video games, and you right. know, just uh, ping. They said they play a lot of ping pong and. Right. Yeah, just, a, lot, a lot of baseball in a short amount of time too. You know, it goes from August nineteenth, so it gets starting tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. it you know ends August 29th. So in ten days, we're going to be you know uh, we're going to have a you know a champion basically, right. um, and so it's it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, two two week over a two week span, we're you know going to be playing so much baseball. It's right, yeah, exciting times, but you know a lot of a lot of work for these for these kids. So 
um, you know, definitely something that they'll, you know, hold on to for, for the rest of their, their mm-hmm. lives. Um, even if they don't move on or continue to play baseball, you know, even after this, they, you know, have, they have can say, Hey, I played in Williamsport. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you, know, you know, like I said earlier, Connecticut's had a, a good history in this thing. So, yes. so Gavin yeah. really, you know, what do you, what do you think Connecticut's chances, uh, chances are in this thing, uh, judging by some of the kids you've played against? Do they have a lot of good talent out there? Yeah, they, they're pretty good out there. But their first game is going to be tough because they're playing against Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, yeah. 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 Saw that. I saw the matchups. Yeah. I didn't write them all down, but I did see the brackets. And right. I did notice that they're playing the team out west. Yeah. That'll uh, be a first first tough challenge. But uh, right. you know, if they can get past them, you know, they may, they may have a pretty good shot. Right. Yeah. And I do think that Hawaii has someone that's a switch pitcher. Oh, wow. 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 That's, that's never, pretty uh, amazing. That's pretty unusual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I probably couldn't even hit the plate with my left hand. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what position do they usually play you at, Gavin? Um, Usually at like third base or right field. Okay. Right. Very hot good. corner. The, the hot, hot corner. corner. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the hot corner. Very good. Well, what else, What other insights can you give us maybe, Gavin? What, uh, what's important to you like playing, playing baseball? Well, like I said earlier, you get to see your friends more mm-hmm. than when you want to, but – I mean, it's just fun playing. Sure. You're, you're like you, even if you're not on the same team as your other friends, you still get to play against them. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, I know you guys were pretty close in a qualifying tournament to getting in, so it's unfortunate. It would have been nice to. I would have traveled. I'd have traveled out there to watch you play. We maybe maybe would have well, done it. The problem. Well, we was, tried to go to Pennsylvania once this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, right. We, we, we did try to go watch Gavin play in Pennsylvania once this year, and it rained all weekend. So <laughs> so, so we went to the Nestle Chocolate Museum instead. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, a nice consolation prize. Yeah. It, was, it was all right. Anybody got anything else on the Little League World Series? Then I think uh, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be exciting to watch these young future stars. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, you know, and, and one quote I heard that really kind of stuck with me. They said this may be the last time you see these kids play for what's on the front of their jersey, not what's on the back, Yeah, yeah. if you follow my meaning. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's all about the baseball game. They said it's all about the kids out there, and they said it's just a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, all right, very good. Well, uh, let's move on now. We're going to get into the AFC East here a little bit. Um, we broke it down like we did last week. Each each one of us took a team and kind of run down through here, give a prediction, and um, – and uh, see what you think. Colton, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, I got my, you know, fan favorite, my my team, the New York Jets starting uh. off here. And, uh, you know, as happy as I am to be a fan of the New York Jets, I'm not so happy about the how the season looks going to be going to be going this this year. Um, you know, the Jets basically starting over at the two most important positions in the NFL head coach, uh, you know, Adam Gase out, Robert Sala in. Um, and they're starting over at quarterback. Uh, Sam Dar- again, yeah, again. <laughs> Sam Darnold out. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, their first round pick, second pick overall, going to be taking taking the reins there. Uh, so it's yeah, another another rebuilding rebuilding year. You know, starting fresh once again. Um, <laughs> and it, it's kind of crazy because uh, this is you know Zach Wilson will be the starting QB. He's actually the thirty fifth different starting quarterback wow. since Joe Namath. Uh, you know was his last season in New York back in 1976. So, uh, oh you know, he's got a lot of, you know, big shoes to fill or, you know, he's he's hoping to bring some success that the likes of, uh, you know, Christian Hackenberg, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, none of them could could fill the, get the job, know, done. Could get, it, get it done yeah. there in New York. So, 
Zach Wilson steps up to the plate. We'll see what 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 he can do. Um, you know, I am I am a little bit optimistic. The Jets did go out get some weapons there on the, on the offensive um, you know on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I still don't know that it's enough to really put them in contention just because their division is, is tough. They are with with the Patriots who look like they're they're improved. The Bills, a, a solid team, um, and, and even the Dolphins were a fringe playoff team last year. So I, I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to compete even in their own own division, even though I think that they have improved. Um, you know, they they added wide receiver Corey Davis um, from the Titans. They spent a $27 million guaranteed, so they're hoping he can be that number one, you know, number one guy for them um, and be a big, big target weapon for Zach Wilson. Um, I think – Kind of the wild cards on that offensive side of the ball are going to be tight end Chris Herndon and uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore. Herndon's been on the team, I think this is his fifth year now, and it's been kind of a mixed bag. Um, he really has had a lot of injuries, kind of some off-the-field issues. Uh, he's had some some problems with with dropping the ball, um, but he's, he's put up some decent numbers or showed some flashes of potential, um, and, and just the way that you know, the tight end position is utilized in this, you know, NFL as almost another wide receiver nowadays. You got to have have a decent tight end. So, you know, hopefully he can he can step up to the plate. And then Elijah Moore um, was actually a second round pick this year by the by the Jets. And they're they're hoping, you know, he kind of kind of fell to that second round. A lot of them thought, you know, potential first round talent there. So we'll see what 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 he can can do. But I think the the, the real challenge is going to be on the defensive side of the ball for for the Jets. They uh I think their front seven will be decent. They got, you know, defensive lineman Quinnen Williams, uh, who had a, had a decent year last year. They get uh, middle linebacker C.J. Mosley back this year. He he opted out of the season last year. He he comes back this year to kind of spearhead that that defense. But I think the real weakness in the in the Jets' defense is their secondary. Their their corners and safeties are not not NFL talent. Not not you know in today's pass heavy offenses. Um, I just think. Uh, they they just don't don't have it to to really compete on a, on a defensive side um, side of the ball. But you know I, I think that they will will be improved. Um, this is a team that went two and fourteen last year. Hard so, to get much worse. Yeah, hard, hard to get much worse. But at the same time, I, I I think they maybe win a few more games. I, I think they go somewhere maybe four and thirteen, five and twelve, finish at the bottom of their you know division, and uh, you know another destined for another top five pick for next year. Okay, very good. All right, well, I got the New England Patriots this year, and they we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, they just re-signed Cam Newton to another one-year deal. Um, I'm not convinced he's the quarterback. Uh, but, I mean, your other option is their first-round pick and Mac Jones at quarterback. So I think they're going to give Mac a year to, to uh, you know, develop maybe a little bit. They, they went seven and nine last year, uh, which is – not good for what New well, England Patriots fans standards. are. Right, right. You know, and they were all sad-eyed over Tom Brady leaving the leaving the club and then going out and winning another ring. So, um, but this year, you know, they got some good pass catchers and tight end Johnny Smith and Henry Hunter, and they got some good hand good hands on the wide receivers with Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Um, but I, again, I just they want to. They want to go back to throwing over the middle more, those short passes that are all timing and precision. And I'm just not sure Cam Newton's the guy for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his accuracy over over his, you know, career's not been the greatest. He's got a, you know, obviously he's a strong kid, athletic kid. 
but you big, know, big body, right. hard, hard yeah. to bring down. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm just not sure the accuracy is there for those passes. You got to throw in a tight window. Um, they got a solid offensive line with depth anchored by the right tackle, six foot eight, 380 pound Trent Brown. They got a monster out there. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Um, the defense, uh, you know, they're, they're getting old. Dante Hightower's coming back. Uh, Kyle Van Oy at the, at the linebackers are two veterans at the linebacker, but hopefully be, with those guys and then having Winovich, who's kind of a defensive end slash uh, linebacker, uh, mm-hmm. Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings at linebacker that, you know, they can be mentored a little bit by, um, by Hightower and Van Oy. We'll see how that works out. And then um, Stephen Gilmore, you know, at the corner, he can cover just about anybody in the league one-on-one. He's just one of those shut down. Yeah. And and he can cover any style of receiver, whether it's your little speedy guy or your big, uh, you know, big physical guy. He, he does a good job of being able to cover one-on-one. So um, on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, or on the other side of the corner, on the other corner, JC Jackson, you know, he had a good season last year, had nine interceptions last year. He's coming back. And then you got the old man in the at safety at Devin McCourty coming back for his 12th season. Yeah. So, you know, you know, they got some talent. I don't know what the extra game, you know, they're playing 17 games this year. I, uh, I I'm going to say nine and eight is optimistic for the new England Patriots this year. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, uh, you know, if Cam can produce and give give Mac Jones another, maybe maybe twenty twenty two will be the year that New England makes a run at the playoffs. Mm-hmm, absolutely, Matt. You want to switch it over there to the the Bills? I believe yep. you got. Yeah, I got the got the Buffalo Bills, and uh, you know they're they're looking pretty good this year. They got a lot of their team back from last year. They really didn't lose much. Their key losses were a uh, wide receiver John Brown, defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson. Uh, tight end Tyler Croft and their wide receiver slash kick returner Andre Roberts mm-hmm. had some big additions this offseason though they brought in a uh, Jacob Hollister a tight end wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders who be a big help out there at wide receiver for him brought in a good backup quarterback who it was recently a starter there in Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. uh, they re-signed linebacker Matt Milano offensive tackle Darrell Williams and guard John Feliciano those are big guys to get back to anchor that offensive line yep. And they drafted defensive end uh, Greg Rousseau in round one and defensive end Boogie Basham in round two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, they uh, kept their quarterback happy by giving him that big extension in the offseason, making him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they got, they got a lot of good things going for them. I, I took a look at their schedule, though, and it, it's a tough – they got a tough road to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they are the most talented team in this division, but I, I don't think they're, they're – uh, Finishing record is going to be as good as it was last year. Okay. Finished thirteen and three last year. I look at it to to fall back a little bit to maybe about eleven and six this year with that okay. extra game added, but yeah. still probably win the NFC. Yeah, I, I, think, NFC. I, I think it'll be a fight between them and the Dolphins. For yeah, the first yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll wrap it up then. You know, I think Matt has a little bit about the Dolphins as well, but uh, I'll, I'll take over or at least start with the Dolphins. Um, this team much improved from from two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know they went five and eleven in twenty nineteen, and then went ten and six and and missed the playoffs by you know losing the final game of the season. Uh, it's kind of like a four way tie there in, in the AFC for for a spot in the playoffs. And uh, they they unfortunately you know got beat by the Bills you know their last game and, and got knocked out. But so they're they're right there on the on the fringe. And uh, but I think at this point it's now you know it's Tua's team. It's Tua Tagovailoa's 
uh, you know, he's he's the quarterback at the helm. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was some some questions, you know, before the season with the Dolphins draft a quarterback with that high draft pick where were they did they really believe in Tua? Uh, there were some questions about his leadership in the huddle, uh, whether he could lead this team. But, you know, the Dolphins stayed true. They got one of his former teammates, wide receiver Jalen Waddle, with mm. their first round pick to get him some more, you know, some more up. weapons. Great pickup. Um, and so they, they they're putting their full confidence in, in Tua this year. And 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 if the team's putting their full confidence, that means now Tua has to take the training wheels off. Um, you know, he went six and three last year in his rookie season, but only threw for 181 yards per game. And and we know what he did at Alabama. I mean, he. He was lighting it up at Alabama. He's thrown right. for 300, 400, 500 yards a game there, right there in Alabama. So we know he, what he's capable of. It's whether or not is he fully healthy from that hip injury that he had, you know, that final season in, in Alabama. Is he is he ready to go? Can he put that behind him, and can he really show the Dolphins what, what he's capable of doing? Um, Matt, what, what you got? Yeah, and, and, you know, really the other thing about uh, the quarterback there is is he ready to not have that safety net behind him with with Fitz Magic being gone out the door? Right. I mean that that was a, a big safety net that probably you know let you play a little bit looser than you right. probably normally would. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know they they also brought in some other talent too this off season. They uh, brought in uh, running back Malcolm Brown, wide receiver Will Fuller. Mm -hmm. So I mean they, they really brought in some guys to improve this offense. And not, like I said, I, I think they can fight for this division division championship i think it's going to be a fight down to the end between buffalo and miami yeah and on the defensive side of the ball actually last year the dolphins led the league in takeaways they had 29 uh turnovers you know takeaways from the other team last year so they actually led the league in, in turnovers um so you know they bring back um their two lockdown corners in uh Xavier howard and, and byron jones so they got you know two guys that that can really lock down your your guys so that that really opens up their defense to be able to do some stuff i think where they have to improve is on the defensive line and getting more, more, more of a pass rush uh, to kind of help out the back, the back end there. But like Matt said, I, I think this team could be kind of a, a dark horse candidate to, to really, you know, everybody's going to go with the popular pick of picking the bills to win this division based mm -hmm. on what they did last year. And now they got that extension with Josh Allen. But I think, I think the dolphins really have a chance here to, uh, you know, win, win this division and, and, and get into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. yes, right, especially great. if Tua can live up, live up to the billing yeah. I, and i think he deserves that i mean i think yeah. i i would have hated to see them go out and draft a quarterback right behind him i, After I mean only me, like a half a season right of work. right i mean you know like colt said he did did go six and three the numbers weren't like you know hall of fame numbers or anything but wins are wins right. so um you know i'm glad they're at least giving him a shot this year and didn't go out and you know, draft his replacement, so to speak, right off the bat. So yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see how that, what you know, hoping for good things for that kid. Mm -hmm. All yeah. right, well, let's move on. Uh, we had, Like we said in the opening segment there, there's seven brand new coaches, uh, the head coaches in the NFL this year. And um, so we got Brandon Staley going to San Diego, mm -hmm. Urban Meyer with the Jags, yep. Nick Sirianni with Philly, yes. Dan Campbell with the Lions, Arthur Smith in Atlanta, Robert Sala with the Jets, and David Culley with the Texans. Mm -hmm. So kind of what we did as a panel here, we each, uh, well, and we may have the same guys, we're not <laughs> sure, but we kind of thought which one we thought was uh, going to be the most successful and the uh, coach that we thought would struggle. So, Matt, you want to you start us out with uh, who you think will succeed or have the most success this year? 
Yeah, but so I know right off the bat, everybody knows I'm a big Buckeye fan. So everybody's thinking I'm going to say Urban Meyer, but <laughs> but I, you know what? I I couldn't go with it. I, I think to me the most successful guy in this this whole group is going to be Brandon Staley uh, with the Chargers. He inherits the the best lineup of all these guys. He's got a lot of talent on that team. They, they're uh, close to being a playoff team in the last few years. I mean, they're they're right there. They're on the cusp. They got good players. I I, I think just with the talent he inherits, he's got the easiest job to be pretty successful yeah no i think uh yeah i i have to agree i think uh brandon staley or um is gonna be gonna be the guy that has the most success just because like matt said he inherits a, a better team than most of these other guys um he's got a franchise qb there with with justin herbert coming off a rookie of the year you know winner um there on the offensive side of the ball and he's a defensive minded guy and he's coming in you know former defensive coordinator of the LA Rams and we know how elite they that were unit number 1 defense in yeah, the league last yeah, year yeah we know how elite that that unit was so he comes in he's got two stars there on the defensive side of the ball in, in Joey Bosa and Derwin James so it'll be very interesting to see how how he plays plays the defense there um, and uh you know the, I, I think also it helps their division is not not very not very good either you know outside the I think it could be them and the Chiefs kind of competing for for that top spot in mm-hmm. that in that division. So I think he walks into a, a good situation. All right. Well, I'll make it three for three. <laughs> uh, great minds think alike, I guess. Um, you know, it is his first head coaching job, but uh, only, you know, only thirty eight years old. Thirty eight so. years old and from Perry, Ohio. So All we right. got an yeah. Ohio boy in there. But yeah. yeah, I like what Colton said. You know, he's coming from the Rams, had the number one defense in the league last year, and he's got some great defensive players on that team. So. Yeah, I look for I look for uh, great things out of him, especially in his first year. And you know, but you know, it's got to be something that uh, you know he's inheriting a good team. But then they got to make good choices, you know, to to continue to improve, whether through free agency or draft picks, and mm-hmm. you know, to actually really see how he's going to be overall. I mean, anybody can take a good team and win games. It's it's you know how you build a team over the years. So right, right. So but I, yeah. I will say though, I put I put a dark horse down for this too. I okay. put a Dan Campbell for the Lions. I just I I, I know most people are going to say, well, you traded away your franchise quarterback, but they got a pretty darn good quarterback in return. A younger quarterback and younger. Yeah. He's yeah. he's got proven success. I, I think they can do a lot there. I, I think they got some talent on that team and some up and comers. He's definitely I, not short of enthusiasm there right, with each absolutely. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think uh, one good situation for Dan Campbell is the ownership already knows that this is a rebuilding right, season. Right. So they're not expecting the, the, the pressure is kind of off. Right. right. So, so I think, you know, he'll at least get two to three years to see what he can do. Um, I, I'm not sure that, uh, there's some other teams that are going to give their coaches that much time. But uh, mm-hmm. I think with the ownership, knowing that, you know, he's not inheriting a team that had a bunch of talent on it to begin with, they're going to maybe give him some time to, to build a club there in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, for as much success as there might be with Brandon Staley, who's the coach we think is going to crash and burn or have the, have the least amount of success there, you know, uh, amongst those seven different coaches? Well, mine is Arthur Smith. All right. In Atlanta. All right. Tell, tell us why. <laughs> well, he's kind of inheriting a bad situation. All right. They, it was, it was one of those things like, what are they thinking? <laughs> um, they kept, they kept Matt Ryan, who's he's aging, has, an aging quarterback, aging quarterback, but he's on the backside now yeah. and got rid of Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, I didn't understand to, to Arthur Smith's former team, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> right. So. I, I, it made no sense to me, but, you know, and also I think what's what's going to be the downfall or what I think is more of a bad situation for him is um, this this ownership and the fans in Atlanta, 
expecting to win, you know, have winning seasons right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I think there's really high expectations. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure he has the talent to fulfill that, especially as a first year coach. Yeah. You know, they, they do have, you know, Calvin Ridley coming back at wide receiver. They got, you know, the, what everybody expects to be a phenomenal rookie tight end and Kyle Pitts, you know, mm -hmm. they're calling him, you know, a once in a lifetime athlete, at tight, the, the unicorn. At tight end. Yeah. They're, you know, in tight, tight end, but um, you know, but everything I'm hearing out of, out of Atlanta is they're expecting double digit wins in Atlanta. And I, you wow. know, I just, I just don't see that happening. And if that's what they're expecting and he doesn't produce, I don't, I don't look for his tenure to be, to be long, all yeah. that long. It could be uh, definitely an interesting, uh, you know, cause their division is kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, you know, obviously we got Tampa Bay there, who, right. you know, everybody's expecting to win another Super Bowl, a repeat <laughs> of Super Bowl. But then after that, it, you know, it kind of falls off. Um, you know, the Saints are kind of restarting there. You know, Drew Brees is gone. Um, so they're kind of starting over, starting over there. The Panthers are starting over at quarterback too. They're, they're, they, you know, traded for Sam Darnold for, from the Jets. So right. definitely Atlanta, you know, has the potential to make some noise in that division just because all the other teams are kind of making, you know, making changes as well. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, what, what they do. But for me, guys, I think my most disappointing uh, coach, and you know, I, I talked about it in our AFC East preview, and that's I think going to be Robert Robert Sala with with the Jets. I just I, I don't it, it, he he walks into a team that I think has improved from from last year. Um, more of a defensive minded coach. I just don't think he has the defensive scheme or the defensive players that he is typically used to working with. Right. I'm not saying that down the road he can't transform this team into something. I just don't think this first year is going to go quite as well as 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 he hoped. Um, you know, and, and those fans in New York are are brutal. The the boo, oh. bir the boo birds will be out. You know, in week one if, if things get get ugly. So hopefully they'll have some patience with this guy and yeah. with this team because I think I mean, he really is. I think he was a great hire. I, think I do he's a too. Phenomenal hire for the Jets, but uh, you know, I I those those. Fans in New York are just not – they're not patient. It's, you know, win now or, or go home kind of deal. And so I just don't think – yeah, he, he's walking into the greatest, you know, greatest kind of, you know, situation, starting over at quarterback, rookie QB. And, and not to say that Zach Wilson can't live up to the hype, but to put your season on the shoulders of a rookie quarterback, it's it's a lot to ask. So I, I think uh, yeah. Sala is going to be, you know, probably the, the one out of there that has the least success. Matt, what you got? Well, you know, we went three for three on the, uh, the the coach we liked. We're going zero for three here because I'm <laughs> I'm going with uh, David Colley with yeah. the uh, Texans. You know, the team is already in rebuild mode before the season started. Now they got a uh, their quarterback doesn't want to be there. He wants to be traded. They can't trade him because of what's going on with him. So I mean, they're just in a terrible situation. Yeah, they, they have no no cohesion at that, all right now. That was my other. I went back and yeah, forth between the Texans. Definitely struggled. Yeah. yeah, I went back and forth between the Texans and Atlanta. But, yeah, they, uh, just, they just have no. They, they don't have a formula for success there without yeah. a quarterback. They, they all their good wide receivers are gone. Uh, they let their franchise defensive end go in the offseason. And, I, and I've mean, wanted them to be good for so many years because, I mean, you know. they've had the, ta the talent has right. been there. I mean, they had J.J. Right. J. Watt. They had Jadavian Clowney. They had, you know, Deshaun Watson. They had wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they've had the talent. Yeah, they've it had the players. And, not, I, and I think it's coaching that's yeah, kept them that's, that's kept them down. It's so. not translated to wins. On but I don't know if – I don't maybe hopefully David Culley's the answer. Yeah, right? yeah, maybe he's the guy, but he doesn't have much to work with. Right, no, right. he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. Gav, you're sitting back in the studio. You got anything to add on the um, uh, 
NFC or the NF do NFL coaches? Um, yeah, I think that Robert Sola is not going to do that good this year because <laughs> yeah. I think they took Zach Wilson too high. Uh-huh. I yeah, think they should have picked someone like Justin Fields or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, you might not. You not you might not be wrong, right. there, Gav. I I got to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Who do you think will have the best success, Gavin, out of these new coaches? Um, I don't know. I mean. The guy, the guy from the Chargers, definitely, yeah, you know, probably. walking into a good, a good team. I, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, and Matt talked a little. You know, the guy we didn't talk about, uh, Nick Sirianni in yeah. Philly, taking over for Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know that much about. It. I don't know his. Don't know his. Uh, te- you know, his I think he was, pedigree. Uh, I think where we have him is about perfect for him, though. They're a middle road team. We we discussed it last week when we talked about the teams and where we thought sure. they'd, they'd lie. So yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll do okay, but I, I, he's not going to be the most successful. He's but we talk about we talk about brutal fans. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just yeah, right. just, just as brutal. Maybe the only fans that are more impatient than New York fans are Philly fans. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, I think he's a former, I think he was with the Colts for the last three years, like on the offensive coordinator or something like okay. that. So All he, right. he comes in and he inherits a, a not so great team on, sure. on the offensive side of the ball, when it, especially at the wide receiver position. But, you know, I, like you said, I think it may help him in the sense that maybe Philly's not expecting big things right. or, you know, he – Well, that division's wide open yeah, too. Yeah, There's that, no – dominant team right right so you know anything anything is possible right. yeah with that division is you know crazy and wild as it was last year uh-huh i don't know that it's gotten you know any less crazy maybe this this year i think it's still kind of up in the air like matt said who could potentially win that division so well, it could be could be some good what do things. you think on uh, this kind of off topic just a little bit but what do you think that extra regular season game does for teams i mean uh, they eliminated a preseason game right. uh you know to kind of I think appease the the players union a little bit, but you know, what do you think that that 17th game adds to the season? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'll be interested to see because, um, you know, at least here the last several years, it seems like that 16th game has really determined quite a few playoff spots. So, you know, I hope, I hope that that's what the 17th game will do that. You know, it's, it's that the, hopefully that the 16th game won't, eliminate teams or you know we'll still have that kind of you know it'll, it'll mean something hopefully week 17 line, isn't everybody sitting there starters right, and it looks sure. just like a preseason right well right. well one thing you can't finish 500 anymore <laughs> yeah so, so you either got on the plus side record, or the negative side yeah, winning right. record or losing record so you know I, I think there'll be some you know coaches bonus money or players bonus money that yeah, you know at least they, they can't uh you know say oh i, I went 500 well no <laughs> you, you didn't now so right. yeah. i don't know it, it, it seems to me the players don't like it they don't you know it, it obviously it's a big money grab for the nfl sure. adding another game it's you know another opportunity to be in front of tvs and uh-huh. get tv ratings and tv money endorsements and, and, and so the play but, but at the same and... time it's just one more game that the players have of potentially you know ending their season early you know getting injured you know whatever so i, I don't know it's going to be yeah interesting to see how it how it plays out the rest of the season but okay um you know i hope it i hope it keeps that kind of playoff contention still there like like right. we've seen the 16th game has for the past couple of seasons in the NFL. All right. All right. Anything else on uh, new NFL coaches? Then? I, don't well, know I mean, we so. talked about everybody. You might as well throw Urban out there for just a quick second. <laughs> All right. That's you know, cool. I, I mean, they, they won what one game last year. It's, hot. it's hard to get any worse. <laughs> right. Not winning a game. It, it, I'll tell you what, though. I think they did well in the draft. Uh, yeah. They have some guys that are going to be decent urban guys. I, you know, I, 
I think if they win four or five games, this should be considered a success for him this year. I, I don't disagree with that. And I heard, you know, one of the reasons that they maybe brought Urban in is not so much like a, not like a long-term thing, but he's going to draw a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they need a new practice facility, they said. So they're looking, they're looking to generate revenue. And I think, you know, they look to Urban Meyer to be able to do that. Well, and the players already have been saying good things about him. They actually say he's really changing the culture there. And, good. and maybe he can bring that winning culture, winning culture out there. Right. right. At least get something started. Yeah. Right. I mean, give me more than one game. Right? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. it's, uh, yeah, not going to, not going to be hard or maybe it will be hard to win more than one game, but you know, they're, they're putting their shoulders or putting their season on the back of, you know, a rookie quarterback, uh, you know, the prodigy, they, they call him, you know, he's been like that for, you know, since he walked into the doors at yeah. Clemson. So right, right. he's got a lot of pressure on him there. Oh and, yeah. And Jacksonville, you know, they, they got a decent team, but it's definitely going to be a lot different than what he was used what to he's at, used at Clemson. To. So sure. it's uh, going to be a lot of learning curves this year. So yeah, for uh, urban and, and for, you know, for Trevor Lawrence. So, okay. Well, let's move on to NASCAR as our next uh, topic on the slate here. Um, they're uh, two races away from the playoffs, uh, going to Michigan International this weekend with Kyle Larson in front. Um, he's already in the playoffs. He's got five wins. Um, some other guys sitting there. You got when to get in or be in the top 16 in points. So um, the way I understand it, Matt was trying to help me understand this. Before <laughs> yeah, and actually, I, I didn't misspeak because I, I said there was 14 drivers who've already punched their ticket. It's actually only 13. I just uh, was reading uh, Almendinger hasn't raced in every race this year, so his win doesn't necessarily qualify him for the playoff. You uh -huh. have to race in every race and, and have a win and, and have, have a win, win to get you okay. in. So yeah. Almendinger's actually not in. Okay. Uh, so, like you were saying, Hamlin actually has punched his ticket because there's nobody that can catch him. Ah. So, there's 14 guys who have punched their ticket so, so far in, two spots into the left. playoff. There are two spots left. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, so, you know, then, you know, they'll race this weekend in Michigan and then one more race and then the playoffs start. start. So, there's, you know, 16 drivers in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm going out on a limb right now making my prediction to win it all. Chase Elliott. You think so? Yeah. I, I was about to ask, you know, is it, is it really Kyle Larson against the, against the field? Here? I mean, he's I been dominating all year, but I, yeah. I just like the way to me, Almost. Chase Elliott's a kind of a throwback to the old NASCAR drivers a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see, and I always liked his dad when Bill Elliott raced. So, um, I, I'm going to go, it's not my blazing bet. So I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not getting that. Don't throw some money. Yeah. On don't, yet. don't, don't waste your money just yet. So, <laughs> But I'm uh, my favorite going in is Chase Elliott for the for the championship in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd give it to pretty much anybody on the Hendrix Motorsports team. Really, right. they've been dominating all year long, and I think they'll continue to dominate come playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. Kyle Larson has led almost 1,500 laps, wow. and he's sitting there, you know, first in the points and first in the projected, you know, playoff rankings right now. So, sure. and and for good reason. And I mean, has the most wins. Right. I mean, right. He's really he's, it's it's his. It's his championship to lose right, at this right, point. Right. So yeah, like you said, there's there's two races before the playoffs start. Um, so you know, anything's possible these last two two races. Um, obviously they go to Michigan this week and uh, you know, see somebody can get in by, you know, winning a race that's sitting outside of those points. So Yeah, so so the the guys right now that are, they're on the biggest hot seat these last two races because they currently don't have enough wins to to they don't have any wins, so they're not technically in, mm -hmm. but they're in the top sixteen right now. You got a uh, Kevin Harvick. He's yeah. sitting at a uh, ninth right now, but he doesn't have any wins, so he could still potentially be knocked out of this thing. Right. Um, 
you got Reddick. Uh, he's he's in there in the top 16. You got Austin Dillon there in the top 16, and uh, Matt DiBendetto. They're all sitting in the top 16, and any of them with with two other guys winning. They're see out. you later. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So things are things are heating up there there in NASCAR. So right. we'll see how the last two races play out. Well, you got uh, Gab. You got anything on NASCAR, or did you skip NASCAR this week? Um, I skipped NASCAR this week. <laughs> all right, that's all right. No problem. Let's uh, uh, let's get into our blazing bets. Uh, Matt, we'll let you start us out with your blazing bet of the week. Yeah, I'm going with a, an MLB game this week. Uh, it's tomorrow night. It's the A's taking on the White Sox in Chicago at uh, 2 10 p.m. Uh, the A's have going on the mound uh, James Cap. Cap- Caprillion, I don't know. He's six and four with a three point three three ERA. He's playing against Dylan Cease, who's nine and six with a four point oh four ERA for the White Sox. Uh, these two teams are really similar when you look at their stats this year. They're they're two great teams. I, I think really the only thing that's going to separate them in this game is the fact that the A's need a win to stay alive in the playoffs because they got Boston and uh, the New York Yankees just both breathing down their breathing down their backs right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the A's got to keep pace. So in the uh, the White Sox, they're really kind of on cruise control. They're, they're running away with their division. Nobody's yeah. even close. Right. So, you know, I, I think just the fact that the A's need this more, they got a little bit better pitcher on the mound in this game, I think the A's take it. All right, very good. Colton, what you got for your blazing bet? All right, well, I'm going to stick stick in the NFL here. I, I took one on the chin last week. My hometown Jets got the, got the win somehow. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sticking with the NFL preseason here. I got a week two game between um, the New, New England Patriots uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's a Thursday night game tomorrow, 730 Eastern time. Uh, Patriots are actually favored by a point and a half. Um and so far, I just I, I I'm gonna stick with the Patriots to win win this game by that you know take the spread take the points. What's the spread? A point and a half. And so a half. Okay. I, I think uh, you know I, I think the, the the Patriots have three capable quarterbacks that played last week uh, in their first preseason game and all played pretty pretty decent there with Mac Jones, Cam Newton, and Brian Hoyer all have been you know obviously starting QBs or you know mm-hmm. potentially starting QBs uh, and I, I just think that they have a a better team or you know better QB play the Eagles. They got Jalen Hurts there as their, you know, starter. Uh, Joe Flacco actually played pretty good in their in their first, you know, preseason game. But you know, the saying goes, lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. And so I, I just don't think Flacco is going to be able to keep it keep it going. Mm-hmm. I like the Patriots take the points, point and a half. All right, Gab, did you have a blazing bet this week? Um, yeah, I think that the Patriots are going to win against the Eagles. All right, all, all right, right. got some. Got some, uh, Somebody can agree with me. Right, Hopefully that right. means good things for me. I got I got enough. I got a bat, at least one backer. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I, I took a I took a football game as well. It's a it's a game tomorrow night, and it's the Bengals versus uh, the Washington football team. Um, Washington, you know, Washington was the team that I covered last week when we were going over our NFL. I think that great defense that they have. They're favored by four and a half points wow. over the Bengals. Um, and that game is Friday night, eight o'clock. And I got Washington to cover the spread over the the Cincinnati. hapless Bengals. <laughs> All right. Uh, like, you you won't see me picking any of these preseason games. There's just too much yeah, that can happen. There with is. Backups, there's just so. not a lot. To, there's just not a lot to pick from right, right. now. I, yeah. You know, they're. they're I'm giving up. But, on but, the I'll tell you, week one, I'll I'll be right back there in the right. NFL. I, I I got my baseball game right last week, but um. I don't know. There's just the, the when I looked at the games, there was just like a lot of lopsided games, yeah, and I way. felt I felt like if I picked one, I was kind of 
You know, I mean, we're Cheating talking about system. I was, yeah. yeah, I mean, teams that had 70 wins going against teams with only 35 wins. Right, right. I, I don't know. I tried that and it bit me in the butt. So <laughs> maybe it's not such I, a I good. I didn't want to think everybody think I was cherry picking. So, so uh, I went with a, a preseason game. So, well, we got a few minutes left here. Um, let's talk about uh, NCAA football. The this the way too early rankings came out here earlier this week, and uh, of course you got. You got Alabama. Any surprise there? No we surprises. Got Alabama. Alabama sitting at number one, but tell me, tell me some of your other surprises or disappointments. Uh, Gavin, you want to get us started out? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma was way too up in the rankings. All right, yeah, sitting, two, sitting at number two, there. number two. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that, Gavin. I think that's probably. I mean, it, to me, they're not. Uh, Didn't have a fantastic season last year. The biggest thing is, though, they picked it up at the end of the year, and they didn't really lose anything. Right, They got a lot returning. A young young team coming back. Yeah, and they're riding the tide of momentum. I I can kind of see being up there, too, I think is a little high. I think they probably should have slotted like five or six somewhere. Yeah, okay. Definitely. All right. And what else you got, Gav? Anything? Is that? Um, Not really. Okay. That's cool. No, I think my you know big surprise there is uh, Cincinnati sitting there at number number eight. I was gonna um, say that and, as well. You know, it's uh, yeah. kind of the it's the first team from outside the Power Five conferences to be ranked in the preseason top ten since mm-hmm. Louisville was ranked ninth back in two thousand twelve. So, okay. so the, the yeah. question is, does this actually give them a legit shot? To that get, that, to that get was going to be playoff. my next be my next point. I yeah. think by them because like you said when most of these teams that are trying to compete for that playoff spot they start so far right. back in the rankings that it's they don't play enough tough teams to get you know to move the needle mm-hmm. uh, and i think with cincinnati starting there in eighth and, and with so many teams in the sec ahead of them that are going to kill each yep. other during the regular right. season well, yeah you got texas a&m georgia, georgia you know, i think those can both yeah. go down you got iowa state i think can go down that moves them already up to five right uh, they're they're right there if they can right. all, all, they gotta win i, I mean, mean right. pretty yeah, it's it's they, they still gotta go undefeated right I think. I think they still have to go undefeated there's no room for error in, in their you know conference because their conference is um, complete trash so they they have to yeah, basically go undefeated. They got to win and win with style. I right, think. right. And I think that they're capable of doing that. I mean, this is a team, I think, that brings back quite a few starters from last right. year. And, you know, Luke Fickle's doing big, big things down there in Cincinnati. Um, but well, it'll be, be interesting, yeah, with now the pressure is on because they, you know, have this preseason hype that they right. may or may not have had last year. Uh, so we'll see how they handle that that kind of hype going into this season. Uh but I think the, the the big disappointment for me, I'm looking at this top 25 here. No, no Michigan on the, the I was top gonna, 25. I was actually going to say that as well. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not saying that they should be, you know, up there in the top 10 or but. But, but I've, I've heard people actually talking about them being a dark horse to win the Big Ten yeah, this year. I, and, I, I'm not saying that they are, you know, a top 10 team because you don't know they got a lot of question marks and a lot of the key positions. Yeah, they and do. They're coming off a horrible, horrible season last year, um, so. It's interesting for me that they couldn't even they couldn't crack the top twenty five. So yeah, like it'd be said, interesting we, to see if they were like twenty six or twenty seven. You know, right there. You know, well, on they the were. Curve. They were. Uh, let's see, because they did pick up some votes. Okay. Right? Let's see. They're about I, eight down from twenty five. Okay. So, I so was twenty. Yeah. So twenty. Thirty three. I was. I was kind of surprised that there's only three ten three teams from the Big Ten in the top twenty. Yeah. Uh, but that you know, if you remember last year they. You know the Big Ten was the 
premier conference and they made a fool out of this panel. I know we, uh, we picked them to do so well in the bowl games and they, yeah. they it's laid an ones. egg. So, yeah. you know, some of that might be coming back to haunt the big 10 teams Absolutely. a little bit. They're, they're fair sh- They're poor showing in the, uh, you know, the bowl games last year. So, you know, you got OSU at fourth, which, you know, I, I you know, if, if Oklahoma's not up there. I think you know one of the teams that you move up higher is OSU. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know they're they're going to be solid. I think, but then you got Iowa at eighteen and Penn State at nineteen. So yeah. you know, I guess I was I was a little surprised, but when you go back and think about how poorly we looked as as you know as a conference in the bowl games last year, I guess. Maybe they're, you know, being a little more cautious this year, we'll say. And good to see uh, Indiana up there, too. With, you know, they haven't been. Well, well they, I didn't go past 20. They were they were 17th oh, right now. Okay, yep, okay. Yep, all right. Yep. I missed, yeah. 17, 18, and 19 were okay, all, big, all, right. all big 10 teams. I missed, so, I missed Indiana. And then Wisconsin there at 12th. So, um, right. you know, yeah. a couple couple big team, big 10 teams just on the cusp there of the top, top 10. Um, but, you know, this conference, yeah, definitely lying on the shoulders of OSU to, you know, keep Carry the, the playoff hopes alive, I guess. Yeah, right. You know, another team that may be a, a little on the high side here, Clemson being over the Buckeyes, the Buckeyes just trounced them in their bowl game. Mm. They both lost their quarterback, but they also lost, you know, their, their best running back in Travis Etienne. The Buckeyes mm-hmm. lost theirs as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, so they're both returning similar things. The Buckeyes just trounced them in the, in the playoff game. Yeah. You know, it, I don't know. I think Ohio State could I, I, has, has time, a case to be over Clemson. At the same time, I don't think we need to look into these rankings. This right, thing, they don't. They're gonna. They're gonna change. They're gonna be probably twenty-five, almost twenty different teams by the Gives end. Us of something it. to talk about. Yeah, though. definitely. Okay. I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I, I think you just throw a number out there, like you said. I think I think Clemson and Ohio State probably could have swapped swapped positions, but in the grand scheme of things, looking at it right now, does it does it really mean something right now? It's right. it's what what we do 12 weeks later from you know that, sure. that you know we're really talking about who who's in I, who's out but i think what you the point you made colton really the only one that makes any difference to is a team like cincinnati mm-hmm. yeah yeah to where they start i think kind of those teams right. that start they're outside the power five conferences where do sure. they where do they go yeah. so and I, I got a question you may not know colton yeah. um notre dame this year are they in the acc no, no. Ind- independent because on the the Rankings I looked at, it listed them as an ACC school. So yeah, I wasn't no, sure if they I, were I had schedule or not. I, I think had, they play um, five teams from the ACC, mm-hmm. um, but no, they're technically not. Their yeah, football think, team is not in the ACC. Yeah, they're right. still independent because I think last year, you know, obviously they joined the Yeah, ACC. they joined for the COVID. I, I wasn't sure if maybe it was a two-year deal or something yeah, since no, it was I'm listed sure, that way on the on the pretty rankings. pretty sure just a one-year one, one year deal okay. uh, because when I looked at, like, the, the rankings by conference, mm-hmm. it – it listed independent and it was right. Notre Dame as, as the independent. So well, then that definitely makes Clemson's life a little easier not having right. to, to go through Notre Dame to, to win their, their conference right. anyway. And right. the ACC doesn't look real strong, particularly mm-hmm. behind them. Yeah. So. Right. They only have uh three, they have three teams in the, in the ACC. UNC is, a, you know, kind of a dark horse there right. with Matt Brown, you know, getting things turned around in North Carolina. So be, you know, kind of looking for them to maybe, you know, upset uh, Clemson. So, um, mm. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, you know I think that's all we got then for for the college rankings. I think we had maybe one more thing to talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, you guys want to touch on the uh, Eric Bledsoe trade to the Clippers real quick? Yeah, um, yeah, we can I, do that. I got a little bit. You know, the, he he comes from Memphis. Uh, Memphis gets Rajon Rondo, Patrick Beverly, and Daniel Turo. Um, I don't know. I guess the I guess the question is, does it put 
Clippers over the hump because it's they they haven't been able to break through there in that right. Western Conference. Obviously, they made it to the Western Conference Finals, which was an improvement from two seasons ago, but haven't you know made it to that NBA Finals, which is where this team wants to be and where their fans want right. to see them. So, so I, I think for next year it doesn't because okay. Kawhi, Kawhi's out for the year. They're they're already saying okay. so he's not playing next year. So mm-hmm. that 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 really it. It, it's kind of a wash for next year. It doesn't help much of anything, but it does shave off $30 million from their luxury tax. I yes. did read that. It also yep. created an $8.3 million traded player exemption that they have a year to, to use. Yep. So I think it, it's really going to play more into the 2022-2023 season mm-hmm. because uh, Bledsoe does have a, a two-year contract remaining, so they'll, they'll have him back yeah. when once you get Kawhi back and once you have, you know, you'll still have all your other guys there. Plus, you have you can get that traded player ex- exception, uh, so you, you can bring another quality player in to help that team out. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you look at it two years from now, it, it can help get them over the hump. Next year, I, I don't think it matters. Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, and uh, no, actually, it's kind of funny because we, we talk about this trade, but then less than 36 hours after this trade went through, Patrick Beverly actually got traded again to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. So uh, he's he, he was jumping, you know, hopefully he didn't sign any kind of lease or sign, you know, <laughs> any kind of deal in, in it to stay in Memphis because he wasn't there for very long. So now he's heading to Minnesota. I think, you know, well, I hear Memphis may not keep anything from this trade then because I heard they're looking at just releasing a Rondo and a Turo. Yeah, I, yeah, I read I think, that as well. I think so. They they have uh, quite a bit of players already on the roster that mm-hmm. are signed to deals. So, yeah, more or less, I look for, for Rondo to, to find a, a new home. Um, but I think I think if if you put into the equation, let, let's say that the Kawhi was healthy, he's going to play next year. Um, I, I think to me, uh, Bledsoe has been a, a decent player, but I don't. Uh, giving up Rondo and Beverly to get Eric Bledsoe, I think may have been giving up uh, a little too much or a little bit of the, the makeup of this team. This, this Clippers team was known as kind of a gritty in your face kind of team and, and Beverly no better, you know, person to exemplify that. that. I mean, he, he was that hard nosed defender that, I mean, he was in your head all the time, the team's best player in their head 24 seven. So and I just don't know that Bledsoe has that same kind of mentality. He he has been um, he's been he known to be a pretty good defender. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think I don't and I don't know. He'll, he'll score more than Beverly would. So right. I, I think right. it's a it's a. Plus it, I think it just was a, a high price to pay. To but Beverly. I, I don't think they were going to bring Rondo back anyway. Right, I think they were right. Looking to dump him. Yeah, I think that was uh, just salary. I think it was just a high price to pay to Beverly, who yeah, like you talk about mostly just gives you defense right. he's not giving you yeah. too much on the offensive side of the ball so i think the the price tag on him was just a little too high um where they get you know blitzo at a little bit of a discount here um and and so yeah it, it, since Kawhi is not going to play next year or, you know whatever he decides to do next year i don't know that it's going to make a difference for next year but two years from now matt yeah you you might be right it, it could help them out in the long run all right very good well that's all we got for you tonight Uh, i want to thank gavin for uh sitting in tonight all the way from connecticut um we're going to uh we're going to see you next tuesday night i think um colton you want to sign us out yeah so uh you know we we we, you know thank you for listening to fired up with your host colton cal chief rob cal gavin hoffman matt cordis we uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Um, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or just have a burning sports question, you know, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. Uh, we are fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook, uh, fired up comma sports podcast. 
Um, as, and as always, you can head over to firedup1.podbean.com to check out all of our past episodes and links to important information about the show. Uh, so, as always, stay fired, fired up! up.